0: Time for the morning brief this is where you hear from one of our big pundits for the first time. So if they want to pick a fight with what I've said in the first hour and some on the show, they are welcome to do so. On the morning brief on this Monday morning, Scott Reed is here, CDV political analyst, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Good morning, Scott Reed. Good
1: morning, John. And I do have a beef to pick
0: with you. Already? You have
1: overlooked a fundamental aspect of today that makes it very significant. Okay. Is it your birthday? No. No. No, and that wouldn't be significant. No, it is the real return to the world day. All right. This is the day the kids packed themselves back off to school. Last week was this Horses Latitude week where parents were half working, half juggling their kids, you know, trapped between two things, not really managing any of it well. But today is the begin to the grind. The kids are back to school, real work begins. We enter winter, seven long weeks of January and February. So, you know, I think you know, today is a demarcation between you know holidays and the return of you know the grist mill
0: okay i would agree entirely we overlooked that because i thought everyone was going to go back to work and back to school on the third of january and then somebody said no kids are out until next monday and i thought what the hell are parents going to do between now and then so you're right i think we had a whole bunch of really good shows incidentally last week that uh, probably only had about half the number of usual people listening
1: Horrifying, horrifying week last week. It's terrible to inflict. Oh, When when the world knows, when the school board system knows that parents must parent, and yet they, uh, you know, and, and we have to work, and then they inflict it all on us at the same time. But, you know, I spent one day at Avatar, so I guess I can't complain too much. There you
0: go. Okay, so the former finance minister, Bill Morneau, did an interview yesterday. He's promoting a book. And you are uniquely placed, having worked for a prime minister and a finance minister, to perhaps observe that relationship. But I mean, what do you make of, of the messages that he's bringing to the microphone?
1: I think it's an astoundingly unremarkable outing on the part of Bill Morneau, who, let's be honest, was by and large an unremarkable finance minister. And I know that sounds really sharp, but I got to tell you, there's almost nothing I dislike more than this kind of half-assery, and that's what we're getting from Bill Morneau. Oh, are you saying that you think that the prime minister was a poor economic manager? Well, I won't say that, but I'd like to leave that impression. Oh, are you saying that you had big policy differences? Well, I don't think that the prime minister is necessarily you know, confronting issues the way I would like to have seen. It's just, it's so mealy-mouthed. And, you know, my view is, if you're going to say something, say it. And in this case, I don't really think he ought to say it. I mean, the reality is that this guy was chosen finance minister uh, by you know, by Justin Trudeau, his book would leave you the impression that they had vast policy differences and points of principle, and that made his exit inevitable. But that's not actually true. I mean, if he's talking about policy, well, you know, the the policy superiority that he boasts of, frankly, the wage subsidy that he produced initially had to be rewritten within days because it was so inadequate. If it's politics, I'm sorry, but (laughs) <laughs> this guy was driven out of politics under the shadow of scandal, not because he had some point of principle that he resigned over. He didn't resign over any of these points of principle. So I really dislike this kind of tell-all, I'm going to whine from the outside uh, revisionist history, political biographies. And that's what I think this is. And I'm, I'm, I'm really condemning it because I think it's, I think it's fl- I think almost thoroughly disingenuous.
0: Well, I'm glad, you know what? We're on the same page. I, I just find him to be uncompelling. I I think Jody Wilson Raybould, for example, I'm very glad I read her book and I've interviewed her twice. I find her fascinating, even though she spent less time in Ottawa. But yeah, I just don't know what—I don't know how many pages there are to Bill Morneau's book, but I can't imagine it being that compelling
1: there's a smugness and superiority that's imbued in the whole thing which is that you know he alone understood the vast policy challenges that confront our country and the prime minister stood in his way and look you know you've heard me lots of times i'm not I, i'm not unwilling to be critical of the prime minister or the prime minister's office you know there's a unique operation there but th- that you know this notion of well i arrived in ottawa shocked to discover that you know the business of governing involved politics sorry buddy what did you expect and the market the of a great finance minister isn't that they are some off in the Ivory Castle policy champion, it is that they are able to navigate the political challenges that Ottawa presents and still achieve important things from a policy perspective. Bill Morneau was never able to do that. He didn't have the communication skills, he didn't have the political skills, and it doesn't look to me like he's gained them anywhere along the way.
0: So Go Train doors are going to close one minute before the train leaves. and. I don't even know where this idea came from, Scott. I, it, it, For me, it's like, what, are we gonna sit there in contemplation for 60 seconds and then pull out in all serenity? Yeah, I,
1: I don't know. This is like my mother used to change the clocks in the house to three minutes earlier so that we would always be on time, whereas my attitude was, let's just be on time and not walk around with a distorted notion of what time it actually is. Um, I would be peeved if I arrived a minute prior to the train's departure and only to discover that I couldn't get on the train. But, you know, I have to be honest, this is a almost an abstract concept. I rarely use the GO train. I don't live outside of the city. I don't have to commute in and out. Maybe it helps them run on time a little bit better. I don't know. It seems seems like an oddly um, insubstantial
0: uh, remedy to my mind. Meanwhile, speaking of transit, um, an Indigenous Indigenous uh, organization, it, well, not organization necessarily, but coalition is uh, asking for part of the Eglinton Crosstown extension to be underground. And it, it, for me, it doesn't make a great deal of sense because it's a floodplain. So putting stuff underground is going to be even more challenging.
1: Yeah, I have a little difficulty understanding this. And then I should confess that what I know of it is really only what I read. But one, weren't there broad consultations in advance of uh you know, of, of this project and consequently many opportunities to voice these kinds of concerns and have them registered and, and weighed. Secondly, I I share your concern about the floodplain. It doesn't, I don't, from an engineering standpoint, I don't understand how it works. And third, I thought Metrolinx was committing that, you know, they actually wouldn't affect, um, you know, the portions of land that the Indigenous Coalition is concerned with. And yet the Indigenous Coalition says, well, that's not good enough. We're also worried with the... Um, you know, with the attending uh, properties and and areas. So um, maybe I'm being too severe, maybe I don't understand it, but on the face of it, it doesn't make a ton
0: of sense to me. So do you have an established signature that looks the same from one document to another?
1: I, I, I do. And I worked very hard on it when I was 12 and I decided it is time now to get a signature, which I think is a rite of passage that many like 12, 13 year olds go through. Um, I've seen it in my kids and yet my kids, their signature looks surprisingly like just their initials. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, this idea of a, of a full fledged cursive signature, it does appear to be dying off.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because I, I have one signature, which is a scrawl, and I did the exact same thing. You and I are almost the same age. I remember practicing, and I wanted to have a fancy signature. So when I was a teenager, I came up with it. I can't recreate that anymore. But when somebody on those rare occasions asks, for example, for an autograph, my signature would be illegible. So I have a different signature where you can actually see what my name is. Um, but I just found it to be an interesting argument that uh, kids just aren't moving forward. Nobody's going to have a signature anymore
1: yeah it doesn't appear to be you know and and that idea of sitting down and deciding well as part of my identity i will learn to compose a signature do i want it to look like this way should it slant left slant right um should it be blocky should it be unintelligible i think that was like that rite of passage appears to be um appears to be over by the way when people ask me to sign my um uh to sign autographs for them um i just uh i just write john moore so uh I don't
0: know the <laughs> okay uh, and I, either you find it compelling or you don't. Prince Harry doing a couple of feature interviews on the weekend. I'm still most fascinated, but well, not fascinated. I'm astonished that he included a frostbitten penis in his memoir.
1: Yeah, I've had so much and I want so no more of this. You know, how long can you turn your underpants inside out and, you know, sort of exploit the emo pain of your family? And, you know, I don't know who's right and who's wrong. I don't know who's a jerk and who isn't a jerk. But I find this, I'm going to just peddle for checkbook benefit. All of my experiences, my gripes, my grievances, turn every experience into an exclusive and Uh, breaking news event. I just find it so ghastly and unseemly. And I just like the notion that he's got more uh, interviews to go. Like what more can be said? You know, it's he's down to frostbitten penises. I mean, I don't know if the barrel can be scraped any lower.
0: Yeah, well, I do like uh, Anderson Cooper asked him, you know, if you hate being a royal so much, why not give up your titles? And he seemed kind of flummoxed by the uh, by the question.
1: Why would I do that, he said. Why would I do that and then lose some of my cachet? I mean, these are he, – he, I, I really do find them to be the epitome of wanting their cake and eating it, too. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Thank you. Cheers.